So yeah, we uh we move into that one October twentieth. So that'll that'll be that'll be super fun. Uh, yeah. And then we bought like if we're looking at like a horseshoe shape here, mm-hmm. we bought one right here. There's a pond in the middle right here. One right here as a primary. Then we bought another one as an investment. Oh really? In like right? Yeah. yeah right. Same neighborhood. Same neighborhood. Yeah. Like right by each other, so we'll be able to watch our tenants, and they won't know who we are. <laughs> but we're only going to be there for a year. Um, we bought something that we wouldn't normally buy, which is uh, it was three seventy nine, three hundred seventy nine thousand for a single family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tip. I was like, gosh, like I don't know if I want to spend that much. But uh, the rental comps in that specific area are twenty three or uh, yeah, twenty three to like twenty seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And for a four bed, this has two suites in it too, like one, a master suite and then like an actual downstairs suite too. So four bed, three and a half bath. Um, and that area was getting like 26 to 2,800 mm-hmm. a month on rent. And so yep. I was like, if I can buy a really nice house that I know is going to appreciate well as a new construction, I'm not gonna have to worry about it. And it's going to like at 2,600, it would uh, basically break even. Yeah. I was like, sure, like that's that's fine with me. The other one will cash flow because um, it was like three hundred. We got Tory works for them, so they got a, we got a discount like fifteen thousand dollars. So it's like three hundred five. It's awesome, and it'll get good rent. So uh, that one will cash flow a little bit for us. But I'm not as concerned. I'm. I mean, of course, I love cash flow, but yeah, I'm not as concerned with it. Yeah, and Is that then, off Weddington, right? Yeah, it's off Broyles. Um, okay, yeah. It, so yeah, technically off Weddington, it's like that Burles is that in between street between like Farmington and Weddington right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you just bought a home too. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that, the grueling process of getting clothes uh, on that. My thing. gosh. So we, we kind of went through the ringer a little bit with it. It was, uh, mostly because, you know, when we, we were able to get it for lesser than others, um, when we offered on it because, we weren't going to do any repairs um and we put a few other things in there but really the main concern was was the roof okay there was a few other pieces that we knew like like we've been ripping it apart and we found some termite damage and <laughs> and some like black mold so we're gonna have a little bit on our hands nice um exciting but but uh but yeah we we were able to get a roof from their insurance which was awesome so we got a roof fully paid for um but that I mean, that really prolonged the closing, like, almost three weeks, maybe more. I think it was more, because I feel like it was at least a month. Yeah, we, we got it under contract <laughs> mid-July, and we just closed on it Friday, okay. so that's almost yeah. two months. Yeah, wow. Um, early to mid-July, but, I mean, worth it in the end, because we get a we get to, you know, have a roof fully paid for, which is exciting. And a re- really good that. neighborhood. And a great too. neighborhood right yeah. there, Whispering Timbers and Rogers. Um but love that name yeah whispering timbers <laughs> i feel like you should have a lower pit. <laughs> whispering timbers <laughs> i that this is the one that you the next one i'm all about location over everything and i think there's probably four or five locations in northwest arkansas neighborhoods i'd say yeah that are like under let's just say under 300 under 350 000 mm-hmm. that are starting to come up like older homes maybe 70s 80s homes that you know we can put a little bit of work into you know kind of force appreciation but also we know the location is going to appreciate over the, you know the next ho- however many years and so that's that's what i've been buying on lately my, my first one was in a neighborhood that 
I've gotten a ton of appreciation and we put some work into it and it's been awesome. And then this neighborhood we really like, I think it's going to be on the come up as well. So, um, yeah, we, we've got already got some good comps. There's been a handful of sales even since we were under contract that have, mm-hmm. that have given us a little bit extra room, but this is our first one that we're going to do, I guess, DIY more than, yeah. than we have in the past. So we'll see how that works. I'm going to, I'm going to paint the, the, uh, walls and everything and, We'll start with one room. If it works good, then then we'll keep rolling. So, yeah. well, we'll uh, Mario, he just uh, moved out of his first his first home that he bought. They yeah. lived in for how many years? It's uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. Um, and he got a killer deal. It's like right across the street from. It's really close to downtown Bentonville. Not super close. Not like extremely, but it's like across from Eight, eight Street Market area. Yeah. Um, where the Walmart campus is. Yeah, right and he's cash flowing a thousand bucks a month on oh. that one. So yeah, it's crazy. He's so. he's a uh, he's broken the seal on finally broken the seal. That's the, the one that you have to uh, renovate a little bit before. Yeah, yeah. The first one we renovated, and then I lived in it and rented out the rooms to buddies for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then my wife and I got married. She moved in, and honestly, looking back, I probably should have just bought another one because just where kept rolling. Were, just yeah. kept rolling. Yeah, but it was like it was easy. The the mortgage is pretty low mm-hmm. and uh, great location. It's hard to beat. So mm-hmm. kind of just got comfortable for a minute, but finally broke the seal and can say I'm an investor. Now, and so. he broke the seal recently on he's full-time real estate now. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he was working, uh, he was working eight to five yeah. job for Walmart mm-hmm. um, W2. And now he, uh, Brandon and I having long talks Man. and making the leap, making the leap into full-time entrepreneur. Yep. It's awesome. Are you a handyman yourself so you can do it? I would not call myself <laughs> a handyman. I would say I'm uh, I'm willing and able to figure things out. Yeah. So I used to stain fences, and so I that's why I'm going to paint the walls. Okay. Because I, I have the equipment, and I know how to work those kind of things. Um, and then we're just going to kind of take it kind of step by step. I'm going to have, you know, like I learned on my last house like you don't have a trim guy try to do the the tile on your shower because yeah you're not gonna get what you want out of it and so uh i'm gonna have like the the things like that tile specialty specialty yeah. stuff get done by professionals you could even do you could do floors yourself like i've known people to do it but yeah it's really yeah that's one i just don't feel like i yeah have <laughs> so we ended up getting a good quote but we're gonna like and we'll you know as we podcast the next few weeks I'll hopefully we'll get to walk through the numbers each week and kind of show show the viewers or the listeners, I guess, um, you know how we're how we're doing it, how we can stay on budget. Hopefully, we can stay on budget. So yeah. we've already run into that mold and in termite situation. So we'll see how that yeah turns out. You always but, uncover something. Yep. You must. You know, I'm gonna get us rolling. Yeah. So. This is going to be episode 20 of Northwest Arkansas Investing Podcast. We have a special episode for you. Flew in this guest all the way from Vienna, Austria, my future brother-in-law, Mario Mossbach. Close enough. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> he is a, uh, I'm a, I'll let him tell, tell you guys a little bit about himself, but he's a professional soccer player turned professional poker player, uh, marrying my sister here in a few years. They just got engaged literally like two days ago. <laughs> so Mario, could you give us a breakdown of maybe like a overview of like your background um, and where you're at right now? Uh, yeah, that's a tough job, but um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I, most of my life I've been playing soccer. Um, we call it football, but Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's been my life passion. I've been uh, since I was six years old, always working on just like you, second face closer. Yeah, there you go. Um, just like you with baseball. And um, when I turned 20, I was playing in Austria in the Bundesliga, which is like the highest professional level. And then I realized that it's something that I wouldn't want to pursue because I didn't feel comfortable or like I didn't enjoy the day-to-day process of the athlete bubble that you're kind of in mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to explore other options for me that I was okay what if because I only knew that I only knew uh, sport um, until I was uh, 20 21 and that was everything I ever knew mm-hmm. um, what else is there that I might enjoy and that I w- maybe would want to do in the next years so I decided to uh, to resign um, and see. For me, it was kind of like, okay, if I resign and I decide in three months, hey, I want to start playing again, then I could still come back and uh, do it. So, but I just uh, decided to to quit and never had the feeling that I ever wanted to come back to the sport. And um, tell the viewers a little bit, like where you were, um, I guess, professional wise, like mm-hmm. how close to like being on i'm trying to think of the best way to relate to our viewers like how high up you were like how close to being on tv were you like the the triple a like to the neck like or were you like double a oh no it was professional we were playing oh oh well i didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) so it was because like in america we have baseball where it's like rookie ball single a double a triple a maybe on tv and then like all of it's called professional baseball okay but then MLB is like the top, like you're seeing it on ESPN yeah. type stuff. So. so in Europe, it's a little different. You have every country, basically. Okay. So every country has different leagues. Gotcha. Um, first league is the main league. We've mm-hmm. been playing in Austria in the, in, the, in the first Bundesliga, it's called. Um, there are different leagues, different countries, which are bigger leagues, like in, in England or Germany or Spain. These are the, the main big ones where like the superstars are playing. Yeah. Um, in Austria, it's you are professional, you, you earn decent to very good, depending on the club. Um, and then you have uh, basically an, uh, a European conference, which is the Champions League, which is the, the highest, which all the players, uh, which the winner of the National League um, go and then play in that. So that is maybe where Ronaldo, Messi, these yeah. guys have been playing. Um, but in Austria, this was the the highest one we we Sweet. won the league in the, like the second league mm-hmm. so we i don't know relegate on a promote mm-hmm. up to the first bundesliga um so that was my background and we've been playing in the um like rather like i would say 10 uh, 5 to 10000 people per game is like that's pretty good which is not as huge cool. as like college football here but mm-hmm. uh it's uh, the main spot in Austria still. Yeah, that's a that's that's amazing. So, you you went from playing being a professional soccer player, decided, hey, this isn't the path I want for for me. Uh, very similar to myself, besides just on a college baseball level. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, done with that. And then what what did you transition into? Um, I first transitioned into nothing. For me, it was like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I know that, um, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. There was not poker was not a big part of my life i always enjoyed but it was not okay i'm gonna switch football out with poker that was not the case um for me it was okay 
I think there will be something that fills it later on, but I just knew, okay, I don't want to do that the next 15, 20 years because that's for me was for pro thought process. Okay, if I want to do that, I want to do that fully and then not with 27 realize, hey, I should have changed course earlier. And uh, so I wanted to test it out. And looking back for me, it was uh, the right decision in terms of I'm way happier than I've uh, been when I was uh, in that uh, bubble. So you, so you just took a period to feel out like, hey, let's take a deep breath, let's chill, uh, kind of get your feet back under you and then kind of feel out which direction you want to go. Yes, and it was quite quickly, like there's so many interests that like I never explored while I was playing um, that then came up and uh, then are like so many little things that I, okay, this is interesting. I enjoyed actually doing this and like stuff, you have more time when you take some big part of your life out and then little things fill it and uh, it slowly transitioned into uh, other things that I really enjoy. It's funny how like looking back I think you would say the same thing and all of us like mm -hmm. if we would have chosen like one thing or the other like we probably would have been successful in it mm -hmm. because I, I'm a firm believer in like the type of person that we are sitting in this room and people like us will figure it out mm -hmm. in anything that we do. Um, and it's funny, the little decisions that like lead you to like what you're actually doing. And it's like, mm -hmm. if I would have like been at home for five minutes longer, I might be doing a different career or yeah. it's, 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 it's crazy. So it's funny how actually looking back, it's kind of scary how little, as you said, how little decisions change everything in life. Mm -hmm. And like, small things that you don't realize in the moment that have then, as you said, little, such huge impacts afterwards. Yes. Um, and it's crazy to think about like what could have been if like small things have would have been different. Exactly. 100%. So, so Mario, you, you had that, that period of chilling, finding out like, Hey, what do I want to do? And then how did you, I guess, take the step into going, <laughs> Hey, like, or did you just start playing some uh, some poker games and were like, hey, we could make a business out of this? Or how did how did that go? Actually, when I quit, I uh, took Amanda, that is your uh, sister, a sex sister, um, and we just traveled for like quite a while. We went to Asia, um, went to the United States, um, spent some time here. Um, it wasn't just an amazing period. Poker was always like I've been playing since two thousand. 2009 so when i started when i was 12 or 13 years kind of like side money just like oh, if i can make some money great like, just with somebody was it with some friends or no was i it saw like it on, on tv like yeah. it was the world series and we had like one sports channel that was playing that and i was like that looks fucking sick <laughs> and then i just googled it and i had this really old laptop that just like you could not you had to have it plugged in otherwise it would die mm -hmm. Um, and I just found it, and back then there was full tilt poker, and it was still allowed to play in the United States. And I just basically I watched every video I could ever find about the game, and there were like some academies that I signed up for, even though I was twelve, I didn't know what I was doing. And then <laughs> I I just watched basically every video that I could find, um, and I really really fell in love with the game. Um, and there were some events where like you could play and there like a couple thousand players and the first hundred get like a dollar or two dollar because I played online but I couldn't deposit. So I had to find a way where I could play for real money but not use my money. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first steps. And then basically I started uh, I started with that. I, I won a few dollars and then I turned them into like $10 and then $100. And ever since that's... Uh, took me forever. It's, I say it's so short, but this was a process of like 
playing a lot over like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it then sounds as if it would happen so quickly, but it was like hours and hours and hours. Of yeah. spend. It was actually crazy. Because I remember there was one, uh, that you, you played one thing where you won basically a ticket to play a $1 tournament and the tournament started at three o'clock in the night. Oh my time. gosh. So I set an alarm to like play this tournament to only like get into the money. And then I go back to sleep because I had school in the next day. So just to get this one dollar <laughs> to get started. That's crazy. And did your parents know you were doing that? Um, they knew I was playing the game. They didn't know what poker is. Um, they definitely didn't know I was playing for uh, money. <laughs> and I remember because I, I, uh, the first time I ever told my parents was when I won like $3,500. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mom, I have this money on this account. Uh, I don't know how to get it off. Uh, can you help me? And then she helped me just withdraw it to her bank account, and uh, that was the start. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, amazing. So you went. So you've been doing that since you were twelve. Yes. So in your time of of finishing up soccer and mm-hmm. finally jumping out of that, when when did poker finally get into your head? Like, hey, maybe I ought to pursue this. For me, it was always I really enjoyed it. So I played a lot um, whenever I had free time. Um, I didn't know if that would be something I would enjoy as a career. Um, I was uh, quite good, but not like on a, okay, now I'm professional. Um, Looking back, I wasn't as good as I thought. Um, And it was just like, okay, that could be something that that fills more uh, space in my life later on. And um, it was more of an, okay, now I have space and it's slowly transition. Okay, I play a little more. Uh, In Vienna, it's a really nice... uh, uh, community because a lot of the German uh, players are moving to Vienna um, and so you have like dozens of professional players uh, living in that city and uh, I'm very close friends with many of them and so that was kind of okay if they think that's a good way of living I can just uh, see how they do it and um, basically bounce off it, off each other and uh, slowly transition to more and more and more and Point uh, some months and years later, and was my my main my main thing. That's amazing. So we're months and years later right now. Uh, poker is your main thing. Uh, I have a few other businesses like Five First for Less, mm-hmm. uh, which is I'm, I might butcher this, but basically a company that helps you buy first class tickets for less money, mm-hmm. as the title suggests, mm-hmm. um, and a few other things as well. But another thing that you do um, as well is you are a official Arkansas real estate investor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have property here. We went and saw some some stuff. Um, so talk us through. Um, so this podcast, a lot bunch of our listeners are trying to or investing in real estate here in Arkansas, uh, mostly Arkansas, maybe other Maybe if we got some out-of-state listeners, um, but oh, we give overall uh, real estate advice. So um, what led you to, I know you, it, I, I want to say it was you and I started having a conversation on vacation one time. And you're like, oh yeah, let's invest. Um, but what led you to invest here in Northwest Arkansas? Um, the first time I ever thought about, and in hindsight, that would have been a even greater timing. Um, it was like, 2018 maybe 2019 um amanda was just moving out of the house and uh, in the stanley family it was like okay tina um always took care of all the kids but now she wanted to do something again and then real estate was something that uh, filled her time and she wanted to become a real estate agent again 
Um, and then I got like kind of more exposed to the market, a little bit more uh, conversations went about it and I was like, wait a minute, you know, the prices are X and then you have this amount of uh, rental income. And then I knew that because I've spent a lot of time in it uh, compared, like working in the Austrian market. Um, and it was so different. Like Austrian and American markets are like, uh, in Austria you have, especially in peak of the market, like 20, uh, 2020 or 2021. In Vienna you had uh, 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 houses going for like one to 1 1.5% return a year a rent to uh, price ratio. So like yeah. you had a million dollar house and it generated like 10 to 15K a year in rental income. That's terrible. That, that was the market. <laughs> you basically, the, the real big investor got the money basically for free. Hmm. So that is also like the, the, the interest rates were very different. You had you had a 20 year uh, uh, no down payment, 0.8% market uh, um, interest rate. Interest rate. Wow. Like the big, that, that's like, and if you can buy, like borrow money for 1%, getting a 2% deal, you're still making money, especially if you don't have to pay anything down. So that was the market in Austria. Mm -hmm. And here it was like, okay, you make, you pay 3%, but you make 6, 7, 8%. Yeah. So that was like, okay, that is actually way better. Because in Austria, you wouldn't have been like, in Austria, it's more. Uh, big insurance companies buying huge apartment complexes, um, huge investors, and these little deals that just got piped up, like pumped up way more. And just generally, real estate in Europe, I would say, is quite more expensive. Um, so this buying to then renting out mm -hmm. uh, business is not as attractive as it, especially was here in 2018, but it still is. Mm -hmm. um, and so this didn't make sense in Austria. And then I came here and I looked at the market and I was like, "That these numbers make sense. And I was like, hmm. obviously I talked with, with my family about it a lot. And the main thing is, the best thing is to buy as close to home as possible. Because like, is there something you have to be able to take care of? You don't know, obviously United States is different than country in uh, South America where other political things could have an impact is very stable. So mm -hmm. this was good, but still having, being able to take care of it is very important. So that was my main concern where I shied away first when uh, I thought about it in 2018, 2019, um, when I first talked about it. Mm. And then two or three years uh, later down the road, I got into real estate. Um, it became more of a present conversation. Um, and I saw the development like uh, second Tina got very knowledgeable and I was like okay if they are in the area and they really know it um, and they also have because now I work with Erica uh, from a yeah. sex firm that, mm. that does take care of the, the houses because that was the main thing I couldn't and I didn't want to have uh, contact with the, the tenants um, so that was a big step and I was like okay now the setup seems ready to do something and then I invested more time into researching what um, what we could do. Yeah, because in 2018, 2019, I, I don't even think I was in real, I, I think I was in real estate maybe late 2019. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's even 2020. Um, but at the time, I we didn't really even know uh, my mom and I about investing in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think 
what spurred my mom starting to know more is like when I got into it, I got really into bigger pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of Arkansas Real Estate Group's firm, we have it's Arkansas Real Estate Group, then it's Arkansas Real Estate Group property management. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge thing that all investors talk about is especially for out of state or better yet out of country investors, you have to have a team on the ground that you know is going to take care of those units um, like you would if Mm -hmm. you were there. Uh, So that that's extremely smart on you for I mean, looking back, we 20, buying in 2018 would have been sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have been incredible. Um, probably could have cashed out some stuff by now, but um, having the team on the ground and being able to have a property management crew do that is huge, uh, which is a really good job. So you ended up buying uh, probably four or five duplexes, three to five duplexes, four duplexes here. <laughs> um, and they're all doing pretty well, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing good. Uh, some of them in Fayetteville, ones in Rogers. But uh, yeah, so Mario invested in this market uh, because one, I, w- I want to say you, you saw the growth in the market, correct? Uh, the growth, uh, the numbers made sense. And would you say you're pretty, uh, I already know this answer, you'd say you're a pretty number-oriented guy? Uh, very much. I was like <laughs> looking through and like seeing different options and compare like for me the mo- most thing was like there's like this benchmark that you can like like it's a theoretical benchmark but like over the last uh uh decades it was more of a stable so you you have the option to put your money into stock market which i always go for like eight to ten percent as a as a uh, comparing bias because like mm. i don't want to buy something that makes eight percent and i have to put work in if i compare it to the stock market where i can just put it in. Put it in and don't have to put uh, more uh, uh, time in. So every other investment that let's say, is a bit more time consuming, that is more ad- administrative work, um, needs to outperform that benchmark by a decent margin. Otherwise, it's not worth the, the time effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would head to head uh, make a lot of sense based on the town payment because like that's the money I invest. Um, that had to outperform the the 10% benchmark by quite a bit. And uh, so I looked for the numbers and I was coming at like 20, 25% uh, return on the down payment, mm-hmm. um, which at these numbers that we did, uh, did make sense to put more time effort in it. And I actually, I thought when I, I bought it, because um, we, we did it all quite quickly because... Um, I don't know what the urgency was back then. There was, they had just hit the market, these duplexes, and there was like a bunch of people that were interested. Yeah. And we like swooped up three of them in a certain area before a couple other people got them. I remember we were in uh, in Florida on holiday, like around or like in Christmas time. We were there and th- we were talking about it a bunch there. Yes. And we're on the beach. Uh, and I was a few beers in talking to mario about <laughs> investing in arkansas listen him up a little bit yeah <laughs> and then uh i think that kind of after that conversation you're like yeah like let's do something like this mm-hmm. and we started trying to like do a deal or two down there but i don't think those ended up working we it was like a week one or- i think because like it started off with the one in rogers yeah that was the first one and i was like okay like, i just want to try one um and then like a certain amount set up in my head that I want to uh, invest in Arkansas. 
And let me tell you, that was a tough, that Rogers deal was tough to get done. It was, it ended up being extremely tough. Is it older duplexes or is it? It wasn't the home. It was trying to get a foreigner professional poker player approved in in the United States. But that was actually the three down in Fayetteville. That was that one? Because the first one was pretty, pretty, uh, I would say rather easy because you could uh, finance it. with via Amanda. Yes. Yeah. And the second one, we had to do a commercial loan, which was... Uh, I, I had to contact at least six banks yeah, yeah, to yeah. find the right. Yeah, so, so tell, walk us a little bit through what the financing looked like mm-hmm. for the for each of them, I guess. You've got mm-hmm. eight total units, four duplexes. Yeah. Are they all on commercial loans? Do you have any fixed loans? So uh, the first one was up in uh, Rogers. Yeah. And uh, it was... I think five hundred thousand, five hundred fifty. Yeah, I think five, maybe five oh five. Yeah, and it was fifteen uh, percent down. Okay, fixed, um, fixed thirty year for three point five percent back then. You said three point five. I think. So, I think that's amazing. That's not. <laughs> like that. Congrats on that. That's big. <laughs> and yeah. so this was the first thirty year one, and that one was. Like that one made a lot of sense. It looked very nice. It was a good neighborhood. Can I get the number to that bank also? <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a not commercial loan. Yeah. It was a, I don't know how you call that it. That was that was it's called a government backed or secondary market loan. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was the first one and I was like, okay, that's fine. That's 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 good. So we had to like seventy five K down payment. Um and we make around four thousand a month in rent so like around 2000 per site. Yeah. Uh, How much is that cash flow for you? Do you know um, off the top of your head? I don't know this house alone because like I basically get a- You see everything as a Summary whole. of all yeah. the houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I learned, there's always more expenses than you would expect, so. Right. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. And so this one was, uh, I would say mid-January and then another deal comes along where, okay, there's down in Fayetteville, um, Duplex um, have been built in 2019. Now this builder sells it in 2000. Was it 21? 21. Yeah, yeah. 2021. Um, just getting out of the deal, um, and it was 550. And now, then now they're worth like 650. Hmm. Yeah, and it was uh, in a neighborhood, and I saw Kate he's selling, but he had like like 15 properties or 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out to him, or like Zach reached out to him, um, and we talked about how hey. Like it would be nice if I can get the money I wanted to invest in Northwest, Northwest Arkansas. Basically, yes, it's three different units, but it feels to me like one deal because it's same area. Same area. You have to find someone that takes care of it, and it's I would say easier to find someone that takes care of three than just one, and it's better expense ratio there as well. Um, so I basically talked with him through it. Hey, I wanna uh, buy them and. We just had to find the finance, and I wanted to be like fifteen percent down payment. Um, so the total volume was like one point six. Mm-hmm. So we had to invest two forty, um, and that's a big part too. What you mentioned about them being, uh, f- they were that was a big part of us finding financing was. Mm-hmm. I had, I think I had this like epiphany where I was like, hey, why don't we just go to whoever has it currently financed Yes. and ask them if they, because I'd been to like five banks and they had all been not giving us the terms we wanted, like kind of close maybe on one, but it was still eh. 
Um, and I went to Grand Savings Bank uh, with Gary Ham and said, hey, y'all currently have these loans. Mm-hmm. We're going to buy three. Would you like to retain these loans? Here's the terms we're looking for. Um, and that's what I love about commercial banking is it's more of a relationship and it's more of like, mm-hmm. hey, like we can get some stuff done for you if we feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they felt comfortable and they wanted to retain those loans in-house. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it was better for them to keep those than for them to leave. So uh, that's ultimately how we got that finance, which was great. That was actually a really nice learning experience because obviously for them, I'm I'm a name, but they have no, like I could be a super random dude from anywhere in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thought process that I had, like I had to spend a little time, I was like, how do I prepare myself in a way that I can show that I'm legit, that I... Uh, that I am a trusted uh, loan, like L- uh, Lendy, Le- or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you're a trusted human being. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they would be like, okay, he will pay, and he has uh, enough funds to cover it. So I basically what I did is like I I broke down uh, my net worth, I broke down my income, which is not that easy in poker uh, because you don't have. What do you call it? You don't get paid every two weeks. Yes. Yeah. So I had also that I had to explain how I work mm-hmm. and how I can be sure I made X amount of money every year. So I had to explain that part. I had to show my background. I had to uh, present it, and I all had that in like a PDF, basically. <laughs> Mari Mosberg, uh, and then broke it down to just show him way more background information, and then. Um, as Zach said, the first banks were like, yeah, but then you had like 30% down, yeah. pretty bad interest rates. We'll do it for 35% down <laughs> with an 8% interest rate. Like, yeah, of yeah. course you would. So, <laughs> interest rate's kind of good now, but it wasn't back then, I'm sure. So. And so it took a while. And then as Zach said, he had the epiphany to just talk with Gary, the one that, that owned them. Um, and he was super nice. He was so cooperative and um, way more easy. We then agreed to a uh, 25 year old uh, 15% on 25 year term yes which is pretty good really yeah. good for commercial lending. In, in hindsight I should have made the, made the uh, locked interest rate part longer I didn't think it would be that relevant because he only wanted 3 I wanted 7 um, and so like other terms I thought would be more important in hindsight that would have been a more important one to lock that in longer to pay, pay a little more to lock it in a little longer yes yeah. and that was something that uh, there was a learning experience. So, like, once we we um, will relock in the interest rates uh, two years down the road, it'll be like instead of I had it at four point five, it will be like seven. Um, so that will make a difference, um, which probably will be eating the cash flow unless the rents will increase uh, by a bit by then. Um, but it will be fine because for me it was more of a deal where um, I didn't think about it in a sense where. It is, I, I want to cash relax on that. It's more of, okay, I, I want to buy them. Yeah. And the real money comes once the the property appreciates, once the rent appreciates because of the, um, at le- of the inflation alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be just um, 10 years down the road. It'll be, be a great deal. And it is a good deal uh, right now. And I don't uh, yeah. need to spend too much time on it, managing it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's great learnings to to see that, you know, like, I, I think a lot of people are kind of getting burned now or maybe are fixing to get burned because mm-hmm. they 
they bought a deal that made sense at this interest rate and they did it for a little bit shorter terms and they maybe got greedy because they saved a little bit on the front end mm -hmm. and you know but in in order to do that they had to go for a little bit shorter term yeah well now it's coming back around coming back around and and their cash flow is going to get eaten up mm -hmm. and not saying that you did this i'm i'm saying other people that May, may have leveraged didn't do too as much, much didn't do as much research or, as you did on. right and and their deal may be upside down where you you still have Definitely a bill. I did the same thing like i could have locked it in longer if i would have made that more of a priority i don't think with commercial loans that do it that long yeah it would have been like five years seven, five or seven yeah, yeah. five yeah. or seven they seven usually do like three five seven not in the conversation yeah um definitely something um but it also like it i think it sounds scarier than it is mm -hmm. because what's the worst side what's the worst thing that can happen is like okay you don't cash flow anymore and you paid out of your pocket which still like even if you pay something out of your pocket it still could be a profitable deal by uh um increasing your equity in the home like let's mm -hmm. say you increase your equity 2500 a month in the home um but you paying cash flow is like minus 500 which still increases your net worth for about 2k a month mm -hmm. yeah so it could be still a great deal and if you do have other options that are cash flowing better you could just yes you have the selling fee so that's a big part but you could just okay it's not a great deal anymore you sell it and then you buy another home which makes more sense right and for me it was okay worst case scenario i lose i don't know exactly what closing like five to ten percent closing costs of the property real if I decide to sell it three years down the road. Yep. And that would be like worst case scenario if the deal then really doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, I think a lot of people st stay back from these deals because the numbers are scary as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like when we, we bought the properties, well, like one was 500, the other one was 550 each. So it was total like, uh 2.1 million and like I, we took on debt for 1.6 of it um i mean if you look at that as a whole you go oh that's a lot that yeah. is you know that's like kind of scare most people off yeah you basically from for me it was like okay I, what is important i think what is really important is that you not become forced to sell in a bad market so you have the liquidity to be able to leverage that and i think that's where a lot of people do get wiped out when they become too okay let's like push it more, like let, let's mm -hmm. have less down payment, um, less equity in the home, but still buy a lot more and then not being able to uh, pay for an increased uh, 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 interest and rate for a while. Because yeah. that is important. You have to be able to cover it in case it increases for a while because you don't want to be forced. You have to sell it in October 2026 <laughs> in that yeah. month because that month might be a bad month to sell. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then you could be upside down and yes. they could be calling your note. Yes. It could yeah. be really bad. So that is always something to keep in the back of my head to like, hey, I don't want to get in that spot and I have to prepare that I don't become in that spot, but still at the same time trying to optimize the, the funds that I have right now to generate the highest return. But like this is like black swans event. You don't know how they happen, but over lifetime they will happen yeah um so just kind of prepare for that that the worst case is like kind of covered yeah um and everything besides then is not as scary as it as, as it looks that's a, yeah that's a great point i think i think we you probably do the same thing but like 
I think more people, especially when you're looking at investing or, mm-hmm. or most investors probably look at, okay, what's my worst case scenario? And, uh, and, and if that happened, then where would I be? Could I still be able to put food on the table and, and be able to cover my necessities? And I think the answer was yes there. And I think in our, like the deal I'm doing right now, the worst case scenario, we moved out of our house and we're renting it out. What if rents drop by 20, 30%? Well, fine. We will still be able to keep our heads above water, rent that house out, make a little bit of cash flow and move mm-hmm. on. And you're probably, you know, thinking about the same things, right? Same exact, same exact play. And that's what smart investors do is we, we don't just see a deal and go, oh yeah, that looks great. And then just buy it. You like, you think through, here's my best case scenario. Here's my most possible scenario. And here's if the market like dropped out of the sky scenario. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow, to your point, it's something Tori and I've done as well as we go, you know, we're buying a home that's probably going to, uh, cash flow a little bit. Um, and the most likely scenarios, we probably break even. Um, but Tor, this is something Tori brought up. She was like, let's say that we get under what we think, like we get $2,000 instead of 2,200 and we're paying out of pocket 20, uh, 200 bucks a month to make sure this thing's paid for. She's like still a great, we're having somebody, we have, we're having a renter pay $2,000 of our $2,200 a month mortgage. Yeah. This thing is appreciating like crazy. We get tax write-offs from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall it ends up being a good deal for us. And then the rents catch up or, or we get a better renter in there the next year. Um, she's like, I think this is something Barbara from Shark Tank said, and I've been hearing a lot of smart people say is, um, you know, and maybe not everyone agrees with this. I think it's a point to be made is if we think of this real estate scenario where the market gets better or interest rates drop or prices drop or maybe a couple of both, you know, people are kind of wait, maybe waiting. There are people waiting a good amount of people waiting for that scenario. If that scenario happens, one of those, the market, it's going to be nuts, like crazy, like that's why Tori and I have been buying right now is because it's not a super super popular time to buy. Like we, we did buy a few homes when it was popular. We and we started buying when it's not popular as well right now because we, we don't have as much competition. It's a lot easier to obtain these homes. If we're making them work and cash flowing at seven and a half percent, even even one of ours is like close to eight. Like we will be we'll refinance in two years and will be doing incredible on it. And so I think if the interest rates were to drop or prices were to drop or one of the same, I think we just see prices skyrocket because we're going to see people flood the market again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still, our inventory is still low. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that Tori and I have been looking at and going, hey, we're going to be riding this out for 20, 30 years, probably more on these homes. Um, and I think in the long run, it's worth for us to go ahead and let this money start working for us now um, and start buying these properties and trying to hit our goals. So uh, even if we have to pay a little bit out of pocket, uh, it makes sense for us. Mm-hmm. So that's great. that is actually something because I, I talked with you about it like uh, short, briefly over text uh, like a few months ago. Oh. Um, I read about it. I don't know how the details work, but there is the possibility to buy a home and I know the right word for it, but like to take over the mortgage of the house, like mm-hmm. basically forwarding the mortgage. I don't know exact details, um, but that's something if I would uh, live in Arkansas, or like in the United States, 
um, and be eligible for uh, these loans. Um, there are some deals where people sell their house and they have like a 2.5% or 2.7% mm. interest rate locked in. Um, and the new buyer, like the, usually the real estate agents don't really know about it. So like, no, it's not possible, but it is possible. So yes. go for these deals um, where you have the uh, option to take over the 2.7% loan because like right now we're buying in a 7 point something percent market and that's the competition. Like everybody is going for this deal has to make sense at 7%. But if the deal only makes sense at like 6% or 5%, then people wouldn't buy. But if you are able to buy a deal at 2.7% or 3% or 3.5% in the 7% market, you will be able to maybe overpay a little bit, but being able to have a locked in interest rate for 30 years at this rate is crazy. So like, yeah, so it's called assuming the mortgage, assuming correct? Right. Yeah. Subject to is, subject is to the assume the mortgage. The issue with that lies in the uh, the ability to find them. Yes, because well, yeah. they're hard. Yeah, yeah. and even hard. beyond that too, the I've been reading a lot about it lately mm-hmm. too. The issue with it as well is is the seller, you know, that has the three percent mortgage. Yeah. They they can let somebody assume their mortgage, but they are still on the mortgage there's no way to transfer it into somebody else's name mm-hmm. and so okay. if let's just say if you're if you're buying a house mm-hmm. subject to mm-hmm. and you're getting it at three percent mm-hmm. and you don't pay let's just say something something came up i can't mm-hmm. pay it anymore mm-hmm. this other person that had it before okay. is still liable for it mm-hmm. and it can it, it could destroy their credit so mm-hmm. i think it's That's becoming cool. super popular yeah. and i think it it is working in if you can market. find a deal, buy it. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you can buy it, do it. Uh, but I think it's working. I think it's working really well in markets right now that have mm-hmm. gone that have seen depreciation. So mm-hmm. you know, California, Arizona, maybe some of these markets that are losing a little bit of value. And the seller and wants to have it still a high price, right? And, yeah. the, and they're and they're kind of underwater in it. Yeah. And they need to get out of it. Then that's a great way. And maybe it's sitting on the market for you know four or five months and they mm-hmm. can't sell it. This mm-hmm. is like a like a great opportunity for them to get out of it and move on. You really have to find a seller in a pinch spot, Mm -hmm. um, which the places that we've seen success locally here with Mm -hmm. that are people that spend a lot of money on their marketing for finding those. So people that are spending $10,000 a month on uh, call centers that are calling homeowners that are mailing out mailers, you have, there's a formula to getting the correct amount of uh, leads in. Mm -hmm. And so it's like for every thousand letters you send out, you may get 10 conversations and you may get one opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that opportunity doesn't mean a deal. Mm -hmm. And so like you got to send out 10,000 letters. And Mm -hmm. so like these people are spending 10, $15,000 a month on farming and finding these deals, which like not a lot of people have. And honestly, like I, I'm... (sighs) The, the thing is too like yeah you, ha- you have to have a bunch of uncomfortable conversations yep. with people mm-hmm. i hate that like i hate having like because you got to call a bunch of you got to call people too and everyone's like telling you to f off or how'd you get my number or mm-hmm. how'd you get you know him and i uh, brandon and i went through this a little bit i mean we did it for like a four or five month period mm-hmm. we almost got one subject to deal mm-hmm. um and she ended up foreclosing on it and didn't sell it yeah. to us well, but it's it's a there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. um 
and I like wish I had that bone in me that just like didn't care mm-hmm. if someone cussed me out, but like I really do care. <laughs> so like, like, I, like hard. I'd have to I'd have to pay somebody to make the phone calls yeah. for me, mm-hmm. um, or like call center. Like there's a place called REI Call Center mm-hmm. that I've seen been seeing a lot of ads for, and they like do calls for you for a price mm-hmm. per month, and I'm like. That's where it's <laughs> that's where it's at. Which like I love the subject too, um, but there are you either have to have one a good relationship with a seller, or yeah. you have to find somebody in a real pickle. Like mm-hmm. real estate is life related, so deaths happen, people die, um, people get divorced. You need stuff sold quick, um, and that's where a lot of times you find those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, here is when people are in tough spots um, or need to sell really bad. And what we're seeing is here in the next year to year and a half, we're seeing like the most commercial loans come due, like come to term like ever. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to see some deals pop on the market Mm -hmm. because you know, someone that locked in at a 3.5% interest rate, someone that didn't get as good as deals you and it like was okay. Now they're going to lock in at 8%. They, they're probably going to come on a little early because they're going to know what percent that's going to come on the market that they're going to have to refinance for. And they're going to be like, how do I get out of this? And they're just going to like try to sell it, make a little bit of profit, but end up trying to like maybe break even for like what they owe on it. And mm-hmm. that's where I think we may see some deals going forward because all these commercial loans are coming due mm-hmm. uh, here pretty soon. So uh, I got a question for you, Mario. Yeah. Would you would you invest in the real estate market today in Northwest Arkansas? Oh, for sure. Okay. For me, it was uh, like... if <laughs> That makes me feel good. <laughs> no, if, if, I don't know exact uh numbers and like but um for me it's more of a uh, question of um if i would be american and i could make use of like buying one house a year and then um um financing on a on a long term uh, long term fixed rate mortgage um i would be trying to invest way more because that's something also like Yes, you always have to think about what's the worst case scenario and like how much is the downside. But actually in the age uh, we're all in uh, right now, I think this should be way less, less of a concern. It becomes more of a concern if you reach a certain point of wealth where if this is wiped out, the, the, more, the utility of more money is not that much. Like uh, at a certain point, it just decreases. So like you risk more uh, utility of the money um, than what it's worth to gaining it. Mm. Um, so then this becomes more of a concern at the a- stage where uh, we are and the, as early as we are uh, in our life, I think there is basically not enough risk that we could take on uh, because what is the downside? Even if you're at a point right now where like, okay, you have two homes, you're very smart um, and you know the market pretty well. If there is a worst case scenario where you lose the two houses and you have to start from scratch again, and that has like a, I don't know, 3% chance to happen, I would still do it because in most other scenarios, you this will be like a, a jumping stone to um, not owning two, but owning 20 homes. Um, and this is just at some point, it beca- just becomes a, yeah, it just becomes a numbers game where like, okay, there is not that big of a difference between owning two or five or 10. Um, and the risk decreases over time as well because the, the mortgage gets paid back. So more leverage. We have more leverage, and also 
at a certain size, you can dock different to the banks. If you have only one home, they're like, okay, whatever, mm -hmm. if he needs to foreclose, foreclose. If you have a certain amount and the bank was like, okay, how can we make this work? And then yeah. the bigger you are, the less, uh, the more leverage you have in that conversation as well. And I think at this, the earlier you are, the uh, more risk to like uh, generate wealth and like building up the, uh, your net worth. I think this is uh, really important. And I think not enough people take enough risk and they like have a certain risk threshold that they're comfortable with and they should probably do it like five Double times, that. <laughs> yeah. five times like that. Yeah. And then the older you get, the more responsible you probably can get a girlfriend or like a wife or kids <laughs> and then you deleverage that risk and be like, okay, we now scale back. Obviously there are worst case scenarios where like shit hits the fan and you're like, okay, I'm uh, now underwater for these deals and I have to sell and maybe take a loss but you early enough in your life where like you can work this out for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just restart uh, again, like say, maybe same and acquire that quicker. Probably yes, right? because then you, you didn't lose at all because you gained the knowledge of yes. being able to acquire that. Yes. And I think you, that's huge, super fast. And um, even like, let's say the worst case scenario hits, that's usually the worst case scenario by hitting uh, timing in the market, like time of whatever, like external things that we can control. And like, let's say two persons start at the same time, having the exact same strategy and one starts in 2015 and he becomes super wealthy of it. And then there's another person starting in 2018 and he maybe has Corona in the time uh, and shit hits the fan for him. And uh, he might go under with it and both had the exact same strategy. It like it's only the variance of um, one person got a little bit more lucky and the other one is not. And then the first person thinks he's a genius and the first second person is like, he made a mistake somewhere. <laughs> but it actually is just both are the, let's say the perfect strategy and both played it out perfectly and just one got really lucky and just one got the bottom 3% outcome and the other one got like a way better outcome. And I think that is very important to think in that sense um, to not just hold your back from okay, now is a bad time in the market and, or like, uh, that is obviously important, but like that just not hold yourself back, uh, especially as, as young as we are. Yeah, I, I love that, that you said that because uh, even back in 2021, like I knew enough about investing to like, if I had the capital to be able to, to do what I'm doing now, and I know I'll look back five years from now and be like, I wish I had the capital now to do what I was doing in 2023, yeah. um, I just, I know there's a lot of people that like they just don't have the capital to do the stuff at the time that they know they need to do mm -hmm. and then like two years later they have the capital and they start doing it so it's like you know it could just be a working up to being able to obtain that cap because you know putting fifty thousand sixty thousand dollars down on a home each time is tough and there's yeah. not a big percentage of people that can do that yeah um so i I think that's a audience. I think that's a huge perspective to, to take too um mm -hmm. into your strategy is like. You know, it may be 2023, like just keep doing the right stuff because it just, it keep investing, especially if you're, I think most of our audience is probably younger. Mm -hmm. uh, take the risks. I'm, I'm big for taking risks. If you're don't, if you're not heavy on taking risks, like talk to a agent that can help push you off the ledge and help you fly. Um, because I think having people around your corner that are pushing you to take those risks is huge as well. That's why I like surrounding myself with people like Mario, Brandon, Isaac's not here today. Um, 
but my my dad like you want to surround yourself with people that are pushing you to do more you know if you're surrounded with people that are all like you know let's just chill and you know just put away money in a checking account and not do anything with it and just stack 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 till you're 65 like you probably want to get like a sphere of different thinking because mm-hmm. like if you're not having your money work for you like it's not you know it's it's actually depreciating in value and i think there is like we talk about it as in risk and the the, the word itself is pretty sounds like mm-hmm. frightening for a lot of people and yeah i think the more knowledge you have the less risky it becomes like i think buying a five ten percent down fixed interest for 30 years that is not uh like very risky. The way it's not very a risk. if you put it in like leverage stock options or like crypto options at uh, a multiple of your uh a multiple leverage that is risky and that's just stupid yeah. and i think there is important to like differentiate what does risk mean and what is like what is the actually um uh risk to return ratio and what's the off on that and i think it's um really important for at the more knowledge you have and differentiate and what is actually um, the number yeah. of, of risk you have. Yeah, the, I think I think the more knowledge that you gain, the more you realize that it's actually more risky not to, to take these steps, to not invest and to not, you know, take the jump. So I think that's why, I mean, that's why we're all sitting here in the room right now encouraging others to, to continue to invest, to uh, to take the jump if you haven't. And, and Mario, I assume you're going to continue to, to invest in the area as well. So I think uh, what what the switch for me was I switched the word risk in my head mm-hmm. to deploying capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I'm in my mind, I just like switched it from like I'm risking and losing this money to this home to I'm deploying my capital to work for me in this home mm-hmm. instead of like just working for me in a money market account or something like that. So uh, you're not losing the money when you invest. You're just repurposing that money mm-hmm. to work harder for you than in your bank account. So, uh, Mario, do you have any last statements for us? Um, I think we're going to wrap it up. This has been a pretty good episode. <laughs> um, uh, no, is there anything you would like to touch on as a last thing or trying to come off? I don't think so. I think, I think uh, if you've got any words of encouragement for the for the audience here uh, um i think uh, like it's it's always so like sitting here and like having a, a conversation after doing it like it's sometimes feels like of a place from above hey like i give advice to like someone that is not now listening but i think it's more of a um i was in the exact same spot where like, i i listened to a lot of uh interviews a lot of podcasts a lot of bigger pockets and i think they're great um, and then I realized, like, okay, um, these guys are sharp, um, but it doesn't look like that tough to do. Um, and realizing that that there is even like big numbers, like, okay, he made he made so much money with that, but in the end, is the jump looks way scary at the start. And once you start doing it, you realize, okay, this is actually doable. Um, I took way too long starting. I mean, in Austria, the market was just not right. So, and the setup in the United States was different. So maybe it was a good good starting point where everything made sense. But I think a lot of people are in the spot. Um, obviously, you have um, 
have to have capital to to uh, um, start it out and then just really it's just really doesn't make i think a lot of people fall into the trap of like t- just overspending why they don't have enough capital and then when they have uh, enough capital to spend a little more than they underspend um and just not uh, make the most utility of of the money when when they have it um so like most people are like have not having it right um on either scale and i think at the start just be as frugal as possible and then uh, am i right but like you can you can buy homes with five percent down payment 30 year locked so five percent down payment is maybe on a 200 300 home i think that is achievable for most people in that area with a job just putting aside which is tough but like mm-hmm. Doing like extra work as right now, I see someone mowing, uh, lowing the mon- lawn of yeah. uh, the neighbor there. Um, like doing stuff like that should just obtain the capital to be able to like, okay, you move into a house for a year or two with the five percent damage. I think that tool is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do that until I've maxed out the ten houses, and I think everybody can kind of do it and just. Um, being in that spot, saving up that money, and then it just becomes so much faster to generating wealth later on. And I think it's uh, many people are in the spot, but they wait at least a year, two, three, four, five, too long. Oh. <laughs> There's our timer. And uh, I think it's uh, just important to just take the, the first step as soon as you feel ready and you learn along the way. And if you fail, it doesn't matter because you can recover. If you buy a $200,000 home, you're not risking losing $200,000. The whole house would be there just <laughs> to an insurance. And if the if nothing uh, crazy happens, you might lose 10,000. You might lose 25% if it's really the worst uh, deal ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the upsides are great and you will find a way to make it work down the road. And I think that is the most important thing to not be scared and not just be on the sidelines and having other people be who are more uh, have more courage to start and i think that's yeah important thing knowledge is power and uh, i was in the same spot listening to all these really smart people talk and i remember listening to bigger pockets episode and a guy said i I got uh, five properties going on six and gonna buy my seventh and i was like golly man that's a lot and then like i'm looking at this year like i'm going to be buying my six i got my six under contract and it's like it's a lot easier like once you once you i'm not going to say like it's super easy because it is like kind of stressful but like it gets easier the more you do it and you start developing developing relationships with banks and your lenders start having all your information and so it becomes a lot easier to get those pre-approval letters Mm -hmm. and then it's just like kind of rinse and repeat it's like when i find a deal hey lender like this deal let's get this rolling boom easy 30 days close and so knowledge is power listen to the stuff like this listeners is going to be great for helping propel yourself uh hopefully this encourages you to start taking action steps uh mario we're thankful to have you in mm-hmm. from vienna Thanks thank for you for uh proposing to my sister <laughs> brandon uh mario where can they find you at uh social media wise uh not i i'm not on not really on social. Well, nice. Good. <laughs> good. You're enjoying your life. Good. You're enjoying your life. Yeah. Well, um, Brandon. You can find me selling with still on Instagram. Be still the man on Instagram. Look me up. That's it. Just look up uh, Zach Stanley Realtor on Google. You'll find me. Lots of good Google reviews. Right, write me one, please. And that's episode 20, Northwest Arkansas Investing Podcast. Yeah.
Love you guys. Love you guys.